Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Tasting Studio, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Vicar 16.0. I'm Bullhagen. And Peter's here. Say hi, Pete. Hi, Pete. And yes, um, we do not have Pastor Bird today. So it's been really hard getting our schedules together lately. Um, with uh, me getting, having, we have all these extra services that we do for small groups and uh, right. it eats up a lot of, a lot of time. So um, a lot of evenings. Um, so yeah, but uh, you got uh, v- uh, Vicar and I, 16.0, and uh, we have some news, don't we? Breaking news. Breaking news. Yes, you might, maybe the, the music that you're listening to right now. <laughs> Might help you know. Well, 15.0 got his call last night. All right, God be praised. And he's going to, I believe it's Christ Lutheran Church. That's correct. In Rollins, Wyoming, his home state. Hence the music. (laughs) Home on the range. So, uh, yeah, we're excited for you. And uh, we will be looking to have a satellite now, right? Absolutely. You know, maybe clerical heirs... Uh, on the range. Clerical Heirs Nation will be taking over mm-hmm. Wyoming. And I, and I have a feeling that there's a good chance that the uh, if he starts uh, the uh, Clerical Heirs uh, Wyoming, that maybe that might draw in Oklahoma a little better. That's my hey, hope. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta I, say, they're a website game top notch. Are you talking about Christ Lutheran Church? Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I expect on the bottom of the screen or on the bottom of the home page, one of these coming days, the clerical errors logo will appear. Will will magically oh, yes. appear. Yes. Click to be drawn into clerical errors nation. <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Vicar, it's Vicar a 15.0. It's a, I think it's a big big uh, moment for the uh, the podcast that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That, that we, as a podcast, had, right. a, had a part in this. We'll steal the limelight. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, that's great. And uh, we also found out about uh, a 17.0. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I don't I don't make them be a part of the podcast. No. I make it optional. It's voluntary. Voluntary. But it would be nice. Right. would be nice. Right. Um, in fact... You're not it, saying, like, you're going to fail Vicarage... <laughs> but it's not looking good. Right, right. You know, it's not it's not gonna be mandatory. Would I be a little disappointed? Yeah, I might be <laughs> I might be a little sad, you know, a little disappointed, you know. Might show up in a evaluation here or there. But I mean they'll still pass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um and I uh Vicar, do you have a beverage? Yeah, so this morning I'm out of the French roast from Caribou, so I'm on, you know, you know, uh, one of my family members uh, gave me uh, this American Freedom roast, which I, I think it was kind of like a, a supporting, like, some organization, like American Family okay. uh, Association or something. So this is, this is the Freedom roast, and I'm suffering through it. It's not great. Do you, do you know why it's it's called Freedom Roast? This is a history lesson because okay. you're young. So during uh, uh, Operation, I believe it was Desert Storm. All right. Uh, France would not let us use their airspace. Huh. And so people got mad and restaurants were, were selling Freedom Fries. Oh. Instead of French fries. Nice. Right? Yeah. And so. Blot their name out of our. Right, yeah. I think this is a little Food bit of a carryover. Not, it's not a French roast. Right, it's a freedom. Hey, roast. could be, could be. Kind of like when Peter uh, was in in band, he played the freedom horn. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> so uh, maybe the coffee is just that old, right? Maybe it's yeah. From maybe your time maybe that's why it's not good. We were... Maybe it's from Desert Storm. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it came in. Yeah. Anyway, it's. And uh, uh, I uh, I knew that we weren't going to have Berg with us this morning, so I got uh, I'm going to need it. I got some smart water. 
to help I, to help us along. Yeah, I don't own any of that, so we need it. Where you we guys didn't ask, it. but I'm uh, drinking a nice spotted cow. No, oh, all right, good for you. All right, yeah, I got some still left over, though I put it on my in-laws list for uh, what they should bring their next trip once they're out of the lockdown. So, uh, Vicar, uh, you're preaching this this Sunday. What are you preaching on? Yeah, so uh, this is Easter 4. If Berg was here, he would say the Latin name. Uh, I don't know the Latin name. I'm a I'm a novice to the one-year series. But So your gospel reading is uh, John 16, 16 to 22. Um, but I am preaching on the Old Testament from Lamentations chapter 3. And the reason why these two passages are are put together, why this Old Testament passage is linked to John 16, is because of the, the content of what Jesus is saying, the topic of what he's saying. He's talking a lot about lamenting mm-hmm. and weeping and being sorrowful. Um, and, and this is a part of uh, the upper room discourse in mm-hmm. John's gospel. Uh, so um, I'm just looking at uh, yeah, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. This is from John. So this is linked to Lamentations, uh, which maybe even the name of the book itself gives it away. But uh, Lamentations w- was written by the prophet Jeremiah as he was watching the city of Jerusalem uh, be destroyed. It was besieged by uh, the Babylonians in uh, 587 B.C., Mm-hmm. The temple was burned. The walls were torn down. This is the southern kingdom of Judah. The two nations had split uh, early on. Israel had already gone into captivity with Assyria. Mm-hmm. And now Judah was being brought into captivity, into exile with the Babylonians. Chapter 3 is the middle of the book. And it's where we get the often and well-known passage for the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never uh, come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. But that's only the, the opening two verses of the of the pericope for Sunday. And I'm I'm using that, of course, but going on, we learn a lot about um, how God at times causes grief uh, for his children for their good. And I'm talking a lot about the repentance that uh, Judah was called to right. as they were brought into exile. We actually talked about that in a podcast maybe a few weeks ago where we, we said we hear a lot of um, things of, of ways that we, we talk about this from a Christian perspective, and very rarely do we actually hear the call to repent. Hear the call to repentance. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just as the the kingdom of Judah, God inflicted, I mean, you can imagine as a Jew, the last, the thing that you hold your hope on is the city of David, the city that David built, Jerusalem. It has all these promises attached to it. It's where the king sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the holy city. It's where the temple is, where God dwells. And then you see that torn away from you. It, which is which is exactly what we're kind of going through. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not in a, in a very small way. Absolutely. A, you know, uh, exponentially smaller way. I mean, our churches aren't being knocked down. Right. Right. But we can't gather like we are used to. Right. And although the, yeah. although Iowa being the beautiful state that it is. <laughs> hey, uh, we've, we've been praying for our governor, and uh, she, I think she made a very, very wise decision in her, in lifting uh, the mandate on group sizes for, for churches on religious liberty. I mean, that's the reason why she said she did it. Uh, you know, still taking the health precautions and all right. those things into account. And, and we've here we've got a kind of a plan of of keeping our groups of people yeah. um, ten feet apart. Right. We're going above and beyond. We're going ten feet here. I never thought on Vicarage I would have a tape measure in the sanctuary measuring pews, but that's what we that's what we had to do. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, we're th- thankfully we have a large air, uh, sanctuary area that people can spread out. And are, are we have an open? We can even open up to a, our parish hall. Mm-hmm. So even larger. But anyway, yeah. So we are going through a a, a similar to a smaller degree uh, exile in a sense. And and here in Iowa, we are coming out of it. And so my sermon talks about looking back at the last six weeks or so and considering. 
what remains during this when you know when the when the the idol of sports for so many people is torn away when we can't go camping on the weekend and skip church because we have a cabin or a camp you know that we like to go to when we can't do that what remains and it's the word of the lord that's what remains and the the promises of god and even when israel or judah is being led into exile Jeremiah can still declare in faith that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And that's the cry of faith, even in the midst of a deep, uh, sorrowful anguish. And we, too, uh, cry that. In fact, we'll sing on Sunday, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness, a wonderful hymn. That's how we'll close the service. Mm -hmm. And we can sing that even in the midst of this terrible situation, knowing that our Lord has the best uh, in mind for us. And it is a call to repent, to turn to God, and to cling to his promises. Uh, so there you go. Um, that, that's what I've been—when you look at the lectionary, this is what I find beautiful about it, is is uh, how it, it really applies to the, the state of the church, regardless of what's going on. Amen. Yeah. You know? Right. And uh, you find application of what's going on. Our sermons— uh, the last couple of months have been way different than they were last year at this time. I can, yeah, I can imagine. Right, right. right. But we're using the same text that we did last year. Right. So yeah, that that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, that uh, that there's so much there that uh, um, throughout the year you get the whole council really, mm-hmm. and then but then where the this is why you have trouble preaching a a sermon. You. Know, that that's old you know you'll look at one of your old sermons you'll say hey maybe i'm busy i'm gonna preach one of my sermons from vicarage and you're like i can't preach this uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure i remember yeah. i had a vicarage said he goes um i was reading through my uh vicarage sermons and i thought to myself how did bullhagen how did bullhagen let me preach this <laughs> and i had to remind that 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 fella that uh that was like his fifth rev- <laughs> revision of that sermon right right <laughs> At a certain point, you just got to do it. I've been there. No, for sure. And, it, you know, at a time in the world where, where people are just trying to make up fluffy things to say, like, our thoughts are with you, or think positive, like, God's word actually has something to say. Right. And it's pretty clear in the preaching right. that you hear, that, that, that we pray that you're hearing at your church, too. So... And, All right. And yeah. Peter, do we have something from Hannah today? We do. We have right. a meme update. Oh. oh, breaking news number two. <laughs> this is Hannah Jastrom Aberg, associate producer of Clerical Errors, with a second explanation of Peter's surreal meme of March 29th, 2020. Shout with joy to God, all the earth. This is the fourth Sunday in Easter, Jubilate Sunday. What does Peter's surreal meme have to say to us in the context of this Sunday of the church year and this moment in the United States history? I propose that this week, the meme is a study in irony. Let us start with the color of the dialogue spoken by each character. Pastor Bullhagen's, oh no, is in the red of Pentecost. But the descent of tongues of flame on Christ's disciples was meant as a comfort. Here was the paraclete, the helper, sent to aid them on their mission to bring the gospel to all ends of the earth. Are we to despair or take heart? Next, Pastor Berg's Everything is Okay is in Lenten purple, the color of repentance. Are we to examine our sins and sorrow over them or take comfort? Finally, me man's preach brother is in Advent blue. This is the least ironic pairing of text and color. For we as a nation certainly are in a period of waiting, and we as the body of Christ feel even more acutely this exile from our churches. Now we cannot neglect to consider the tennis ball. It is a taunting reminder of what has been taken away from not only our nation, that is, professional sports, but also from some communities. Park officials in the Twin Cities, for example, have begun taking down volleyball nets, locking tennis courts, and removing basketball hoops to discourage community members from recreating together. Shout with joy all the earth indeed. Where is our hope in this meme if each element is dripping in irony or a reminder of what's been taken away from us? 
dear listener, it is found in the flowers. The few blossoms we see in the mystery sanctuary of the meme remind us of God's work on the third day of creation. Even if we humans cannot rouse ourselves properly from quarantine fatigue to worship God, the vegetation of the earth faultlessly follows the directions and designs of our almighty creator and bursts forth in bloom, regardless of stay-at-home orders. Wow. That was awesome. Oh my goodness. We are impressed. Wow. I, I just when I thought it couldn't get better. I can't wait to hear the next, next one. <laughs> wow, she really put it all together. She is good at this. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. That's we're uh, gonna double your pay. That's a children's message waiting to happen. Right. <laughs> she oh. she mentioned when she sent me the uh the email with this audio file. P.S. I like how you keep saying they're too cruel as if the ca- challenge is issuing from anyone besides your father. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Berg could be charged with co-conspiracy and Vicar with egging him on, but still. <laughs> She's on to us. <laughs> oh. that, well, that was amazing, Hannah. You know, I think I think that the liturgics course at the seminary needs to put a new assignment in. Uh, you know, for class, mm-hmm. and it involves this meme, and Hannah Hannah can teach us w- with her explanation. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was great, um, and uh, really ties everything together. Yeah, but lo and behold, I think there's more there. <laughs> Dig deeper. <laughs> All right, and if that weren't enough, Vicar, do you remember the other challenge that we gave to? Our associate producer. Yeah, it, it had to deal with my top 12 uh, Bible passages and uh, a tombstone, I believe. Right. Vicar had his, uh, and I gave Hannah the challenge of putting which one would work best right. on a tombstone. And right. And she did it. Uh, we'll have to put this on the Facebook page, okay, Peter? Of which course. I'm not going to remember. But so, uh, is there, there's a segment with it too? Yeah. This is Hannah Jastrom Auberg, associate producer of Clerical Air Cruise, recording from a closet while my two-year-old naps. My pick for the Tombstone Challenge is not number 12, The Song of Solomon, as hilarious as one and a half clerics might think that would be. Nor is it number seven, Proverbs 30, verse eight. I actually have a bone to pick with Vicar about this one. This is one of my favorite verses as well, but with the addition of verse nine. Verse nine expands beautifully on the opening petition. The full thought goes like this. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. So what did I pick? Number three, for the same reason I always lose at apples to apples. It makes the most sense for a tombstone. That verse again is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, for the image, just to show you what kind of an associate producer I am, I went the extra mile and created a full graveyard scene for your viewing pleasure. Well, I should say I produced it. I tapped my associate digital wizard, David, to create it, as I am not talented at manipulating digital images. Not like Peter, anyway. So, at the top of the tombstone is the image of a shoe. But this is not just any shoe. It is a shoe that harkens back to an earlier obsession of pastors Bullhagen and Berg. Can you figure it out? Send your guesses to feedback at clericalheirs.org, comment on the Clerical Heirs Facebook page, or tweet at clericalheirsp. P for podcast. Wow. Wow. I'm impressed. Yes. We need to send Hannah a pie or something. My goodness. <laughs> Hannah needs her own podcast. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> I'd probably listen. Wow. She she found the shoe. Which shoe is that? Uh, you can go ahead and answer him, Vicar, if you... Uh, That's your shoe? Out. No, it's not my shoe. Oh, I thought it was your shoe. Is it my shoe? 
I I thought she said Pastor and Berg. So I I mean I Bullhagen and Berg, an obsession of Bullhagen and Berg. But I yeah. Oh, they might be. They're, are they? <laughs> they might be. <laughs> oh my! Wow. All right, we can't give that away, right? Right. It's right. gonna take a little editing, right? Right. Because we're just I'll staring at this thing. <clears throat> <laughs> so, so the image that that uh, Hannah was able to produce will be posted on our Facebook page, and if you know uh, what, what shoe? shoe she uh, placed on the top of the gravestone, uh, you know, email us, get you know, tweet at us. We'd love to know if you can figure out what shoe that is. And and if I if I might say, yeah, it is it is a topic that I think at one point bothered our associate producer. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. But it's come full <laughs> which, circle, right? Which means yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Hannah. My, we are we are uh, honored that you are our associate producer. You're doing a fine job, and uh, and. Uh, Keep up the good work. Um, we should uh, get into one of our segments now. Um, and that is, I have... Now, we were going to do a whole episode on sanctification, right? And that's coming. Yeah, there's so But many. I wanted to do like a like a little introduction to that. Great. So, uh, what, what it is, what it ain't, and what it could be. Peter, play the intro. What is it? Who knows? We do. It's time for what it is, what it ain't, what it could be. So, um, the topic of sanctification can often be a confusing one. Why, why do you think it could be a confusing one? Well, um, some look at sanctification as uh, it, it is, they, they mix it with justification in the sense that our sanctification, uh, com- the completion of our sanctification results in our justification, which just gets it all mixed up. Right. Uh, you can always, and you can also fall into perhaps works righteousness if you emphasize Christian living over the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah. so so yeah. so justification is when God declares us on account of Christ's work righteous before before Him, and this is given to us uh, freely as a gift. And, and this is the heart of the issue then, too. So if we are saved by grace and right. not by works of the law, right. sanctification, which is often used as a, a, a way of describing holy living, yes, mm-hmm. which is according to hearing the law. Correct. But the motivation is different. Yeah, and it's it's still God's work, as I think you'll get into. Uh, right. That sanctification is the making holy of the Christian, um, but this is a Christian who has been justified. Right. So, what it is. What it is. It is to be made holy. Yeah. Uh, we think of the sanctus in the liturgy, right? Mm-hmm. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Uh, so you hear that in the word sanctification. Uh, sanctus, sancti. Uh, I believe that's Latin. Right. Yeah. And 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 there are um, really two ways uh that uh, that God makes us holy that we understand. There's a kind of a, a wide sense okay. of sanctification and a narrow sense. So uh, the wide sense is the whole separating us from sin. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when we get into the, the sanctification, you know? You are sanctified by the blood of Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. right? You are sanctified. You are washed clean in your baptism okay and part of this then is too is not only being justified but being preserved in that faith right okay right um and uh and this is uh, you can think of god saying talk about making us a new creation right being born again as jesus talked with nicodemus in john chapter three and so and so in this sense the holy spirit makes us holy. And in the catechism, we say, calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church. And, uh, and, and so the first and foremost way that we could ever say that we are holy is through this, through justification. He declares us that we are holy. 
washed clean, mm-hmm. wearing white robes. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, uh, and uh, we also place in that the work of the Holy Spirit of conversion. That, that we were dead in our sins, and the, the, and the Holy Spirit breathed life into us. A great, a great passage that describes that very well would be Ezekiel chapter 37, the valley of the dry bones. They were dead dry bones. God commanded Ezekiel to preach the word of God, and the breath of life entered those bones. They, well, they became, flesh came upon them, and then he said, prophesy to these bones, and the breath of God entered them. And there we see the deadness of those dry bones, and through the preaching of the word, the Holy Spirit uh, gave them life. Now that is what happens to us. The Holy Spirit breathes life into dead sinners. Another place to see this is uh, Ephesians chapter 2, where dead in trespasses and sins, God has made us alive by his mercy in Christ. Right. Yeah. Right. And so and so that is... Um, at uh, the one point, we, we talk about that kind of in the wide sense, you know? Right. In the wide sense. So, what it is. Now, in the narrow sense, there's a narrow sense when we talk about sanctification, okay? And this comes after justification. The reason why we say it's important to keep the order, and I've said this a lot in this, this podcast, is this, is the sanctification uh, in the narrow sense of... of uh, kind of an internal transformation. Yeah, right. There's a lot of people who say that uh, you have this internal transformation and then you are saved. Right. Well, one way that you hear that, I think most most often is uh, when someone says, I decided to follow Jesus. What they're saying is, is, is there was an internal kind of cooperation that uh, they were in process of making that decision, and once they made that decision, they received forgiveness, justification. That's getting the order wrong. Right. Okay? So, in the narrow sense, first of all, the transformation that happens comes after justification. Without faith, there is no way to please God. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, and so, this happens after justification, but it is an internal transformation. It changes the believer. The Holy Spirit changes. Mm-hmm. He teaches us to love. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we can say that God created us with a free will is not only so he could love us and so that we can love him. Right. And one another, too. And love one another. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, now there, the law is in there in a sense of, of uh, you see this in the Psalms where it says, uh, uh, "I love your statutes, O Lord." Right. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that that uh, you have always loved them. It doesn't mean that you don't struggle with them, but you realize that God's word is truth. You realize that His law is there for the sake of your brothers whom you also love, your brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that. That, uh, you know, if you, God leads us to love by the power of the Holy Spirit, by giving us faith and wanting to bear fruit, he's going to show us in his word how to do that. How can I be a a good father? Yeah, you cannot, uh, the law cannot uh, make someone do these things. This, like you just said, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The law shows us as a guide, if we want to, like we learned in our, in our uh, uh, game show uh, catechesis uh, last uh, episode, uh, the law as a guide shows us what God's will is as Christians. And it's a, I mean, the law is the very will of God. It's an eternal will. It's good. Uh, But it is the Holy Spirit, uh, which means uh, the law, you cannot tell a Christian, do this, and by the power of the law, they do it. That's not what we're saying. Right. It's the Holy Spirit in them, and really the the preservation of their faith by hearing the Word of God, receiving His gifts from the sacraments. Right. That that gives them the power, because it's from God, to do these things. Uh, Romans 6, I think, puts this very beautifully. 
where it talks about uh, baptism. You are baptized into Christ. Vicar's going to open and make sure we get all the words correctly. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, now, as you, now a lot of people might think, well, this is just about, you know, you're baptized, so just like Jesus rose from the dead, you get to rise from the dead. That's not exactly right. everything he's saying. No, because uh, it's a present. I mean, that... I it, it means that in your, in bab, because you are baptized, uh, you walk in the newness of life. Because he goes on to say, does this mean that you keep on sinning? <laughs> By no means. And that's a strong no in the Greek. It's like the strongest no that you can right. give. Right. And and so I believe that is referencing. Now look, notice the order. Notice the order. It starts with what? Baptism. Baptism. It starts with uh, the work of Christ. The work of Christ. Yeah. It starts with uh, realizing. Okay, now you are alive in God. You are baptized in His death and resurrection. You rise with Him, and by that power, you walk right in the newness of life. Yeah, dead men can't walk. You have right. to be raised. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but that 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 shows clearly when we talk about sanctification, the order of it and why it's important. Because if you get that order switched, you're in trouble. You're you're right. You're saying, okay, I have to walk the narrow and straight way, and that's going to lead to despair or pride. Right. Which it, is we've talked about that. And, before. and you hear this sometimes from those who are outside of the church. I would go to church, but if I did, the walls would probably fall down. As if to say, in order to go to church, I have to get my act in order. First. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. Yep. So, so, so that's kind of what it is. It's to be made holy in one sense uh, by the the justification, conversion, breathing life into you, being baptized in His name, and the preservation of that in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit continues to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify not only you but the whole Christian Church. And in that sanctification, it changes our own hearts. It teaches us to love our neighbor, not in a sense to earn favor, to earn forgiveness, but it teaches us to love our neighbor because they need our love. And it teaches us to love God uh, just because uh, um, we are moved by his forgiveness and love and breathe life in the Holy Spirit to recognize that we have a God of love, a God of salvation. And uh, the Christians then desire in that, in loving God, is to be with him in his kingdom forever right you know at the heart of, of everlasting life the very pinnacle of that is simply to be with jesus right because that is what the love of forgiveness and salvation does and it does change the heart all right that brings us to what it ain't what it ain't and i guess as i look at my list I already kind of discussed this a little bit, but uh, sanctification ain't uh, good works that proceed, precede justification. Right. Without justification, there is no way to please God. Right. Even, you know, even what we would consider good works, helping your the poor, loving your spouse, if that's done out of faith, that is that if that is done without faith, that is not pleasing before God. Right. It, it might be good, uh, you know, at a worldly level, helping the poor, feeding the hungry, uh, but only good works that are pleasing to God are done in faith. That's the only good works that are pleasing to God. Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, another what it ain't. I, I think uh, this is where maybe in sometimes in Lutheran circles we run into a little bit. Okay. Uh, and that is, it ain't unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Um, meaning that uh, uh, we don't never minimize the justification aspect and that how that always goes first. But there is in the law of God also instruction. 
And I do believe that that's exactly how Martin Luther teaches us in the Catechism. When he talks about baptism, the old Adam being drowned uh, through right. daily contrition and repentance, and, and uh, along with its sinful desires. He's talking right. about the changing of a heart. Right, and the new man arises. Right. Yeah. You know, I think a, a good example of, uh, is this. Um, I love my wife, obviously, right? We've good, talked about good. this many, many times. <laughs> And even when she wants me to have a nice light subject like the plagues. Um, <laughs> uh, but because I love her, right? I want to know. I want her to tell me what she needs. <laughs> right. You want to serve her. Yeah. Right. And uh, um, and uh, this happens all the time in the Bible uh, of people once they're saved. What shall we now do? Uh, Acts 2. Uh, Christians were the first... Christians that Peter preached to, they were cut to the heart. What shall we do? Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And and so the Ten Commandments in that, as you as you look at the God's law as a mirror, and as you see your sinfulness, and as then through that re, re, uh, contrition, as they are drowned in the waters of baptism, right? There is also in that process instruction. Yeah, and we see it in Luther's explanation. All of his commandments have a guide, right? Uh, part of his explanation for each commandment, right? And and I think the problem is is we take sometimes take that process and we want to delineate this out. This is justification. This is sanctification. However, if if in your contrition for sins, I'm sorry for my sins. That was wrong. There's also an instruction. There is, I don't want to. Mm-hmm do that anymore and the positive you know if we're talking about slander right so don't bear false testimony against your neighbor well don't slander your neighbor what should you do then you should speak well of him and preserve his reputation uh so there is and right luther gives us this positive flip right and if you do it in the sense of you should do those things for your justification then will you wind up no right showing love to your neighbor so god is happy which is not no that's not how it works that's not love yeah that show teaches you to speak well of your neighbor because uh, by the holy spirit you have a changed heart that he's leading you to learn and the reason why we hear these every day is because it's not our part of our natural right (laughs) humanity to want to do those things right but it instructs informs the christian in, in what we would call in our sanctification. Remember, it is the work of God. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is all starts with those things. Okay? Um, Vicar, could you please read Titus chapter 2, verse 11? The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. That's kind of, I, I guess, my notes, I have that written down. I'm trying to think of the point I had. <laughs> but basically, it's uh, Romans chapter 6. We probably take that part out. Um, okay, yeah. You know. Yep. But, uh, but that, yeah, so that's... Okay. Uh, what it ain't. What it ain't. So, um, in this whole process, we see how the Holy Spirit brings about both. Right. The Holy Spirit brings about not only the justification aspect right which which also brings about then the change of heart right the desire to want to do what god's law says right and uh and this is why saint paul calls talks about the battle i do the things i don't want to do he's struggling right. with his sinful nature and also the new man that the holy spirit has made him and there's that constant battle that we have right um, and, and so, and so that is how we kind of piece that together. So what it could be, what it could be. One thing is it is very important to be able to teach this so that, uh, we can be trained in righteousness. Yeah, we, we, we ought not to neglect sanctification uh, and there is there is growth in this uh, through the Christian life. I've talked about the wisdom, and we've heard some of the wisdom through uh, some of our episodes with uh, with Melba, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman who has um, 
who has a lifelong reception of the gifts of God. And when she talks, I mean, when I'm, when I'm hearing her, she, there is wisdom there that is, has been cultivated by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and she would not take the credit herself. She would say that, that this wisdom has come from God as she looks at the world around us and, and, you know, contemplates it. Yeah. So yeah, we have to talk about it. Uh, we should talk about it because the Bible talks about it. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, another thing it could be, it could be another way to help you understand your own baptism. Because in this understanding, you see how the bat, your baptism isn't just, okay, God saved me a long time ago. It then reflects how it leads you each day. Yeah. It, it, it teaches you in this understanding of, of sanctification, how it flows right in line with justification. He saved me. I, 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 uh, repent of my sins, but then also in that the old Adam is drowned. The sinful desires are drowned. And, and, and you learn through this growth in your baptism each day to see things differently, to cultivate the desire to love your neighbor hmm. and, uh, or desire to the, I guess, or to forgive others even. Yeah. You know, if you right. want to learn to forgive, which is something we all have struggled with at times, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, where does it start? It starts with understanding your own forgiveness. How do we know this? Because what did Jesus teach when he taught us to pray? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. He's, he's kind of connecting the two a little bit. They kind of go hand in hand with Jesus. Absolutely. All right. So uh, what it could be, this whole understanding could be very beneficial for your neighbor's and your family, meaning, hmm. meaning if if you're mindful of this and you think about the training and righteousness, you are going to be thinking about how can I best care for my family or those in my care, or how can I best be as a a child placed under authority, you know? How can I see my neighbor as a justified child of God, knowing that to be more conscious of these aspects. And what God has called you to do, and this is, once again, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it can change how you see others and can be beneficial to them. Yeah, and, and for the non-believer, if the non-believer looks at a Christian and the Christian says, yeah, I know I'm a sinner and I know Jesus loves me, and that's all there is. Um, what does that speak to the power of Christ? You know, if the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us, what are we saying about God's power in our lives if we just say, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner, Jesus loves me, that's it. Uh, there is much more to this because, yes, I'm a sinner, Jesus loves me. And by the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me, I actually am trained up in righteousness. Uh, and this, this has fruit in my life. Uh, you know, the faith has fruit in the life. The fruit's not there before faith. It's a dead tree if there's no faith. Right. But if there's faith, there is fruit. And fruit uh, grows in, in abundance. And, and sometimes God prunes the tree back through suffering, and that produces more fruit. So, that, you know, there's, there is a, a lot here. Um, and uh, for the sake of the non-believer, too, like... Uh, just looking at the power of God in our lives. If we really believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, um, that has a significance beyond just justification. Right. Yeah. And 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 the, I guess my last point is it is also beneficial for the church. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I think sometimes you it's important, and it's a kind of a delicate balance of walking the line, not confusing law and gospel is which is what you never want to do right right absolutely but you don't want to fall on the other side of the horse and not talk about the instruction the law is not bad it, right it, it convicts us of our sin this is its primary it use. kills us it kills us yeah right it kills our sinful heart and the gospel raises us to life and so if, yeah. if, if you ever wonder uh, why we talk we might think well you Lutherans talk about forgiveness too much no we don't 
because the law continues to kill, but yet we still need to hear that law. And the forgiveness is the source of the Christian life. That's we live in our forgiveness. We live in our baptism daily. Yeah. And, and and so there there is a freedom then to love. So yep. So that's kind of our introduction to sanctification. All right. Um, one more thing. Yeah. I uh, short. Um, because I, I want to have one more segment, and that that is uh, um, uh, we'll call it uh, kind of a version of Vickers Book Club. Peter, play the intro. It's book time with Vicker. That's right. <laughs> All right, so um, I've been putting together a couple different Bible studies, and, and I'll just talk about the one, the most recent one that I, I've been working on. It's a three-part series. It's, call, it's called God Scattering and God Gathering. God Scattering. The scattering of God's people is a result of sin. We see this in the very beginning. Uh, Adam and Eve were scattered, you could say, from the Garden of Eden. And what's interesting about this scattering of God is that God scattered them out. He put them out of the garden for their good. If you want to turn to your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, you'll notice that Adam and Eve are, are sent out of the garden as a result of their sin, but it's for the sake of their preservation. So they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and live in condemnation forever. God did this so that he could actually redeem them by the seed of the woman that would come in Christ Jesus and the promise of that seed, which they held in faith. So God scattered them from the garden. Then we jump to Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. You'll remember all of the people on earth spoke one language and they decided we're going to build a tower to the heavens so we can make a name for ourselves and uh, you know we can reach God. But this was the idolatry of uh, putting myself in the place of God. And so God scattered them across the face of the earth. Why did he do this? God said, well, uh, this is only the beginning of what they're going to do. I know their evil hearts. I know their, their sinful hearts. And they're going to do much worse if they aren't scattered. And so once again, God scatters his people for their own good. As a loving father uh, knows when it is best uh, for maybe a son or daughter to live on their own. I mean, right? Scattered mm -hmm. out of the home because they know it's time. Um, then we jump to the exile. We talked a little bit about the exile today from our, our text uh, study for, for the upcoming Sunday, but um, both the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom were scattered by God, you could say, into exile. The Northern Kingdom, the 10 tribes in the Northern Kingdom were scattered by Assyria in uh, uh, seven. 23, 722, uh, and then the southern kingdom in 587 by Babylon. Uh, both both times, God is the one who did this. You know, this this is a hard truth, I think, sometimes for us to, to accept that God does scatter, God does bring about suffering and affliction for the sake of his children. He did this for the two, the two kingdoms in order that they would repent and turn to him. And, and listen to the word of God through the prophets. We jump to the New Testament. We see the scattering of the disciples on the very night Jesus is betrayed mm -hmm. out of fear. Uh, they, they're scattered from Jesus' side in the garden to behind locked doors that we see in John uh, 20. Um, and then finally, we see the scattered Christian church through the dispersion uh, that Peter talks about in 1 Peter. So God is the one who scatters his people at times, and it's for, for sometimes for repentance, sometimes for their protection, knowing the evilness, the, you know, the evil in their hearts. Uh, and, uh, and yet his promises remain throughout. And, and through each of those, the garden, the tower, the holy land, the disciples, the dispersion, there's a promise that they will be gathered together once again. And this comes into my second and third, and I'll just summarize the, the two together. God gathers us now in Christ by faith. This is the church on earth. He has gathered us together at the cross in the, in the atonement, in the payment for our sin. John 12, right? I will draw all people unto myself when I am lifted up from the, on, mm -hmm. on the face of the earth. He's, he gathers us in at the font and at the rail. This is 
the way that God touches down by his word, of course, but also by the sacraments. He brings us into the church at the font. He brings us together at the rail and he brings us, he unites us uh, to himself and to each other, which is important to, to realize too, in communion. And then my last, uh, so that's number two, uh, study number two, and finally, God gathering in on the last day. So we have it now in the church by faith, and yet we we await the final gathering at Mount Zion. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, mm-hmm. names for this place, uh, the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, Mount Zion, all those prophecies in the Old Testament, they had a fulfillment in uh, in a couple places. They had a fulfillment in the return out of exile, mm-hmm. for sure. When the walls of Jerusalem were built during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, they were rebuilt after being destroyed. But there's also a fulfillment uh, now and the new Jerusalem, now as the church, as the new Israel. But then finally, on the last day, when we're all gathered together, uh, dressed in white robes, uh, worshiping the Lamb in his kingdom. And then uh, we see that, and I'll spend a lot of time in Revelation. So uh, for those Bible studies, that's uh, I'm doing that online, and and uh, I guess maybe I can throw up the link on our uh, our page here, Clerical Heirs, to yes. the video. So it's uh, you do it on Noom, is that right? Loom. Yeah, Loom. yeah, yeah. It's wait, Noom's the weight loss one, isn't it? I, I I'm not looking at that. <laughs> you don't have anything to lose. The Vicarage Fifty or something. I don't know what. The... <laughs> All right. Well, we have to uh, now go to work on our uh, our our uh, service for Sunday morning. Um, recording. Yeah. So, right. So we need to get going. I want to give a shout out to all our listeners in Afghanistan. Oh yeah, <laughs> we love our listeners in Afghanistan. Right. Right. Keep up the good work out there, and uh, want to thank a special thank you to to Hannah for all your 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 work today. Greatly appreciated. Uh, enhanced our show. And uh, thank you to Peter, who uh, keeps this ship going, man. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am Bullhagen. And I'm Vicar. And uh, may your life be sanctified. Is that law? (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at p for podcast, or email us at feedback at Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.